0: Before we dive in today's episode with Harley Jordan, I want to take a moment to let y'all know who she is. So if you have not experienced her on social media, she is actually super incredible. She is a social media strategist, founder of the All Influencer Management, which is an influencer talent agency and a host of her own podcast, Brand Meets Creator. When she started her agency, she wanted to bring the goal of a quickly evolving world of brand partnership to pushing for rate transparency, empowering creators to charge their worth and sharing general know-how that others refuse to share after hitting burnout she knew that she had to pivot and harley actually started a program and coined the phase Phrase Do Less Club, and started speaking directly to multi-passionate, overthinking creators who struggle to hone in on the one thing that makes career content creation easy, an authentic personal brand. For those of you who don't know Harley, she has amassed a massive following on Instagram of over 30,000 followers. She has worked with tons of clients and creates exceptional content, and in today's podcast, we are really going to talk about kind of all-encompassing around content creation, ADHD, and being a business owner. And how being multi-passionate isn't a bad thing, but you can start utilizing it in the phrase that Harley has also coined, which is to niche up, to niche down. If you haven't already, go ahead and grab a notebook and just listen to this episode because it is so powerful. (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of Salesy. I am so excited to have Harley on the podcast today. For those of you who don't know Harley... I think I found you through Instagram and followed you because you were like blowing up, and I was like, "I want to help this girl with sales," and then ended up in your. (laughs) Ended Ended up up
1: joining my program instead.
0: (laughs) Exactly, but Harley, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here because I just feel like we are so aligned on so many different things. Like anytime we're talking, I'm like, "Wait, same, same. Wait, are you in my brain? Same."
0: It's always with the tag phrase too, of like, we have to go to Voxer because like one minute voice memos do not work on Instagram for us.
1: Uh, I need to listen to it on three times speed. I need,
0: <laughs> sometimes I need the speech to text just to read it even faster than three Yeah,
1: I need, I need to be able to word vomit on you. Five minute long messages. Sometimes I can't, I can't do the cutoff thing.
0: No, obviously we start with the most important thing. How did you get into all of this?
1: how on earth did I get here? Um, yeah. So <laughs> I got laid off during COVID. I had a COVID glow up story and I immediately said, okay, what if, what if I jump onto Instagram and just start posting and I want to talk about all of the things that light me up that I've been using as escapism for my last couple of years in the corporate world because, you know, I'm, I'm just biding my time until I'm older, smarter, more experienced and can start my own business because that's really what I wanted to do. I was really in business operations and marketing in the corporate world for everything from Fortune 500 companies to startups. And I kept hitting a ceiling every single time. So got out of that, started posting on Instagram, had a video go viral on a whim and started monetizing through brand partnerships. And at that point, it really clicked. Oh, wait, oh, wait, this Instagram thing isn't just something that can fuel my, hopes and dreams and passions well it can fuel a business so hopes and dreams and passions really fit into that but like this is a real business that I can build so started offering services at this point I um am a social media strategist I help people to build authentic personal brands that just feel right because that is the biggest thing is like there's a lot of blanket advice on the internet and I don't believe yeah. <laughs> in it. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of individuality here. There's a lot of personalized solutions that are going to work a lot better depending on who you are as a person. And then I also own a uh, influencer talent agency, all influence management, um, which is growing quickly. We started that uh, we started that in twenty twenty one, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Do too yeah. many things. Have two businesses. Trying to figure out it all out day by day.
0: <laughs> also got married. Have a large dog.
1: Have have a large dog. Um say like say do less club too often. Probably need it tattooed across my chest.
0: Well, That's my program I mean, but <laughs> like the no regrets. Not even.
1: Yeah, no, no regrets, but do less club. Probably spelled like the back on the inside of my lips.
0: I've wanted a lip tattoo for so long, but I've never done it because everybody who got lip tattoos, right? They, they said that they were going to go away. No, I have friends who still have lip tattoos 10 years in the making.
1: You know what? I'm very tempted to do. Have you, have you read, I feel like we talked about this. Have you read Untamed by Glenn Doyle?
0: I read that in last summer, Memorial Day camping in my hammock. I literally cried. Ryan was dirt biking. Within
1: the first, within the first 20 pages, I'm crying.
0: I'm like, why do you see me so much?
1: <laughs> so anyway, within the first three pages, she like, for, she's talking about this like cheetah story and she goes, I'm a goddamn cheetah. I am so tempted to get that tattooed somewhere.
0: <laughs> I'm a goddamn cheetah.
1: I'm a goddamn um, cheetah. How will my religious in-laws feel about that? Don't know. Just get it somewhere know. they don't
0: see it and then you're good to go. <laughs> like... Did my Catholic grandparents like literally give me the side eye because I have a yin and yang behind my ear and they didn't know about it for two and a half years? I hid it. I would wear my hair down. I covered it. I don't think they would call me a sinner, but before we get on a super tangent, because we could go for hours, something that we talked about in pre-roll and something that I feel like you talk about a lot is being neurodivergent and an entrepreneur didn't you, when did you get diagnosed with ADHD? Because I got diagnosed at six. I've had it my whole life.
1: Oh, absolutely not for me. I I didn't realize until I was 26. I'm 28 right now. Maybe even later. Maybe it was last year. It was really late in the game before I started identifying as neurodivergent as ADHD. And it's so funny because my mom is actually an elementary school principal that works with kids in that space so she was always like you don't have ADHD you don't have ADHD you're wrong you're wrong and I was like no you just don't know you have ADHD
0: (laughs) you just get misdiagnosed well you know that they studied little boys when they built the diagnoses they didn't study little girls and the little girls because they don't show hyperactivity that's where they get passed over and that's where I got really lucky because well, it wasn't luck, but you can like see the <laughs> line of it. Like my grandpa has it. And then my mom has it. And three of my siblings have it. And so when my pediatrician looked at me, he was like, oh, this is on paper. I mean, it was ADD. It was yeah. before they re-diagnosed, reclassified it. But on paper, they were like, this is what it looks like. And that's where I think a lot of, you know, I hear this from so many people, like my partner recently got diagnosed, I have a lot of friends who are going through diagnoses, it just gets passed over. Because also, I feel like our generation, our parents were like, you don't have mental illness, you aren't neurodivergent, you just, you know, you just need something else, because that's how their parents were taught. And there wasn't a lot of information around what do these brains look like and how do they act? And something we were talking about pre-roll is like how this influences you being a business owner.
1: Yes,
0: Most business owners are, but it also can feel like sometimes the random business owners who aren't, you look at people and you go, you definitely don't have ADHD. And sometimes I envy them.
1: Sometimes I do too. Cause I'm like, you don't have thoughts spiraling. Weird, but at this point, like I tend to attract ADHD people as well. So they get on a call and they'll like start apologizing for their word vomit. And I'm like, no, 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 actually give me more. You're good. You, this is my love language. Um, but yeah, I think there is a lot of masking that goes on in the high achiever category, and that is your business owners. We, by definition, are your overachievers. Go, go, go. So driven. Um, We can move on our own self-motivated and, you know, perfectionism comes in hot, people pleasing comes in hot. And a lot of us really have to break down this barrier of, okay, who actually am I? Because I'm picking up on too many different personalities because that's literally what my brain does.
0: Yeah. It's like you... Masking is so interesting when you look at it from like a human psychology behavior, because there's a certain level of mirroring that we do to build a relationship. Yes. But when you're ADHD, so a normal person will mirror, but they will maintain their personality. If you are neurodivergent, you take it on. Yeah. And that's hard. I know when I started like doing self-discovery, After like my little mental breakdown in 2021, it was so interesting to see the parts of me that I was starting to shed because it was me masking or me taking on someone else to feel more successful and then realizing, wait a minute, that's not even me at my core. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and it's it's really... It's like an onion. You really do have to pull back layer by freaking layer to get to the middle of that. And I think that's what's so stinking hard about putting yourself out there online and also the advice of you gotta niche down, you gotta niche down, you gotta niche down because you know that niching down isn't just, oh, I'm gonna decide that I am going to be a health and wellness coach. I'm gonna decide that I'm a beauty account now. No, it's not that easy because your personality is so ingrained into what you do. So a lot of the time, my clients, let me give you a real life example. I started a one-on-one call the other day and this woman was like, I want to be a fashion account. I am a little curvy Filipino woman and there's not a lot of people that look like me in this space. So I want to be that person. Peel it back a layer in the conversation. And she's like, well, I have this background in fashion. I actually went to school for it, yada, yada. Peel back a layer. Oh, wait, it's about confidence because my parents told me that I couldn't look like this growing up. And I actually want to be the example of that, not just the fashion girl, but the example for other people who are in the same position. That takes a lot of work to get there.
0: Yeah. It's like the Toyota five Ws, but you're like actually peeling the layers back of like who you are and what you do and why I you got. do it. And something you mentioned is being multi-passionate with ADHD because our brain sees dopamine, right? It sees that. Uh, thing yeah. And it like runs towards it. How do you kind of be multi-passionate? But also still be building a brand presence and building, you know, thought leadership around something when the dopamine wears off or when you are passionate about multiple things.
1: I think this is the hardest part. And I actually, I was voice messaging a client the other day um, who is an amazing life coach. She's, i worked with her for a while, but content is finally just like, oh, there. It's so good. She's starting to roll in like high-ticket sales for her programs, like things are starting to click, but from the inside, you don't see it because your brain says dopamine, 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 where's the new, no, new, new, right? So I voice messaged her and it was like, hey, I just want to let you know that you are right on the edge. You are so close. If you turn now, you will not, you will not make that breakthrough. You just need to keep going. And I really think for a lot of ADHD entrepreneurs, that's really the, the hardest part. It's I need to do everything in my willpower now that I have my formula. Now that I have my formula, that's so, so important to this conversation. Now that I have my formula, what I want to talk about, how I want to talk about it, stay on track for the love of God and you will get there.
0: Yes. Yes the yes, whole podcast, <laughs> done, but you have to find a formula. And that's where I think, that's where I think I have a lot of bones to pick with multi-passionate and the multi-passionate rise is because mm. there is this idea that when the dopamine wears off, like just, you know, I went through my crochet phase. Is it going to come back? Probably when it's not 80 degrees outside yeah. and it's really hot it's the and there's right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually on the floor of my bedroom, but <laughs> Like, let's be real here, the ADHD piles exist. But the problem I see with a lot of business owners is that you don't find a formula, you don't give it time, and you shift every three seconds or every month because you're not seeing it. And the thing about it is, as humans, we are multi passionate to begin with. As business owners, you're going to be multi passionate. There are tons of business owners out there who, you know, once they found their thing and they did it really well, they had other interests. And The argument I always use is that those other interests do play in into it. You know, Steve Jobs taking a calligraphy course and creating fonts, but you didn't.
1: That, that right there, because I think that that is so dang important because so many people look at social media and they're like, I have to go to my feed and just scroll for a second and find inspiration. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Get off your feed. You're a creator, not a consumer. And inspiration is going to come when you are way outside of what you're doing. So yes, hobbies, hobbies, hobbies. Let that dopamine hit. Not in your business right now.
0: Not in your business. It'll come. Like if you could do one thing, just stop scrolling. That's something I've done recently. Just like, like I catch myself scrolling or I catch myself like, I want to see what my friends are up to. And then it's like, okay, you're done. Go do something else. And it's hard because it's like dopamine, let's go. But the other part of me is like, what am I looking for here? Is it validation? Is it, I like to keep up with the Joneses. That's my mentality as a fourth child is like, I've always (laughs) had brothers to chase. And part of me was like, what if I stopped consuming that? And I just started focusing on knowing my shit. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh. It's scary.
1: It's scary to take that next step. That next level—it's
0: like sitting with your thoughts. You know, if you're ADHD and you've ever meditated, uh, and you're like, "Do people really clear their brain, or do they just sit here for 15 minutes and like?" I mean, you
1: think you're doing it wrong.
0: Hmm. But there is no right way to do it.
1: My favorite thing is my husband. I always ask my husband what he's thinking because I have an ADHD ADHD brain. Like, you must be spiraling on something. You must be thinking about. You have
0: to be. At the same
1: time, right? and he always goes i'm literally thinking about nothing harley like clapping monkeys like i am not thinking about anything i'm like you're wrong (laughs) what do you mean that's not even in my like vocabulary of like understanding it's not in my lexicon
0: (laughs) Clapping. i'm not thinking about anything clapping monkeys (laughs) like what an experience how you're like so stuck on that because I've always had an inner dialogue and my inner dialogue goes significantly faster than I do and that's something that I had to learn as because if you have ADHD you typically have something else with it and my my big three with my ADHD are anxiety and it's general anxiety disorder and I spiral about things outside of my control It's major mood disorder, which I've talked about. So after I'm done being anxious, I'm going to get real depressed, but not realize how depressed I am. And so I'll feel like it's mild depression, but to a normal person, it's severe depression. And then I get the OCD intrusive thoughts.
1: Mm, Lovely.
0: So it's just like, there's (laughs) there's always something happening here. And then it's like, it manifests into imposter syndrome. And then it's like, unworthiness and perfectionism which created it created high achieving right As most entrepreneurs are but then it's like "Mm." when it comes to content creation and you just mentioned about not scrolling starting to find your own inspiration how do you figure out what works for you and then run with that how do you figure out what your formula is
1: so I think there is a lot of experimentation that we need to just accept. And that is going to be like the scariest and best part of it, because you just need to know that I'm going to put out a ton of random, like seemingly random new things. But that is the box that I'm trying to check. I am saying to myself, my singular action item for the day is to put out something new, new format knew something that you're saying like we don't need to rest in the repetitive right now because this is the this is the roller coaster of throw shit at the wall and see what sticks and I think it's I, I think there's this like mentality of you know I need to be tracking what other people are doing like data data data. I could always be doing more. I could be seeing what they're doing. I could be going off of their format. that's proven to work, yada, yada. And I think the problem with that is you have a different personality. So I can look at someone doing the exact same thing that I'm doing and say, okay, shown a lot of success. But at the end of the day, do I actually want to do it their way? Is it going to be sustainable for me to actually completely copy their format with my own thoughts, of course, we're not, we're not hyping up plagiarism here and run with it. Like probably not. Like there are a lot of coaches that I see that are doing wildly well and they're pushing, like I said, blanket basic advice. Could I do that physically? Yes. Could I do that mentally? Absolutely the hell not. No, I couldn't do it. And I have to be real with myself that Whether it's my ADHD brain that's chasing dopamine, or it's that I'm just a little bit too dramatic and I'm like, "Eh, no,
0: (laughs) it's a no for me. And that's okay. Something that people don't talk about that I have openly talked about is the formulas work until they don't. And with mass adoption Mm -hmm. of these formulas, I experienced it firsthand as a sales expert, using someone else's sales script and someone saying, Hey, I've taken the same program. And then I've seen the sales script show up in my DMS and being like, Hey, I've also taken that program as well. Yeah. And I think the conversation about these proven formulas that people aren't having, because it's like, here's your like ticket to success. Here is your easy route. I figured it out. I did all the testing is one, they work until they don't work. But two, most of these proven formulas get people to buy because of unworthiness, because they don't think that they're good enough to talk about the things that they want to in the way that they should and how they should present themselves.
1: Ugh, oh, that hurts my soul so much because you're so right. And I think that's why I get such a big ick about it too, because there's so much shaming. There's a lot of like, um, like boasting, mm-hmm. uh, showing off, um, oh, I'm in the Maldives, you could be here too because I'm gonna teach you as a course creator how to create courses. And it's this weird, like pyramid scammy thing that just doesn't feel good to anyone.
0: It's the comparisonism and it's the-
1: Is that a word, comparisonism?
0: Comparisonism, <laughs> probably not.
1: Com- I call it Comparisonitis.
0: I like that better.
1: There
0: you go. I think it's also that like we as women have internalized this inner dialogue that no matter what we do, we'll never be good enough and we should always be reaching. And I saw the Barbie movie this weekend. So it's obviously like ingrained, but we can't, we won't heavily talk about it because I stand with the writers and I have, and hopefully by the time this episode airs that we have come to a conclusion because I need season three of Yellow Jackets. Thank you. (laughs) But it's. Also, this narrative of when women joined the workforce in the 70s and started getting their own bank accounts and getting their own lives, we were expected to not only fill this role in a masculine way, but also now fill it in a feminine way. And so we come up short all the time. And that's where I think the online industry just like sometimes these formulas capitalize on this idea and that's where I think too, I stopped teaching a proven formula because it was like, there's so many different ways to get what you want and you should know your best way. But I also don't want to trigger unworthiness in my clients because that's, that sucks. It feels that. so shitty.
1: I love that. I actually, okay. So I've been doing this series, um, that I'm starting now in what month is it? End of August. Cause I know this will be airing far later um because i've been so inspired by the spoon theory and really breaking down like what takes my energy and what doesn't because as a business owner i need to be so aware that if a one-on-one call takes four spoons for me and i have a total of 12 let's say if you don't know what the spoon theory is just look it up you'll find a wonderful description <laughs> but if a one-on-one takes four spoons and a group call with my group program takes one then I need to be charging far more for that one-on-one call. I can't be charging some measly little amount as much as I want it to be affordable because realistically it takes so much of my energy and that's been a wonderful validation point for me of, "Mm, I need to stop and rethink this. But the reason that I brought this up is because the thing that I am so good at putting off because I feel like I need to spend all of my spoons on work is home life. I am irrefutably bad at prioritizing home over work, whether that is dishes or cooking or my freaking countertops or the piles on my floor. Like I am just tragically bad at that. So I was filming yesterday, um, just me doing the dishes, cleaning the counter at the end of the day to document and put it into one of these little vlogs, And my brain was spinning about what if someone tells me that I'm loading the dishwasher wrong? What if someone tells me that my counters are gross or that like, I'm not good enough because God forbid that I, as a woman, I'm not doing it all. What am I doing if I'm not doing it all? Right. And it was such a weird spiral for me about, just the, just the, just what you're talking about, the balance of typically female tasks versus masculine energy.
0: I think it's an interesting conversation because as business owners, you, we have both seen such wild success. And so it's kind of like, Hey, look at how successful I am in my business. And unintentionally I, when I feel unworthy, I'm a striver. So I've been doing internal parts and therapy and, in internal parts and in therapy, you basically have different sides of you. These aren't completely different personalities. This is not split personality disorder. But the thing to focus on with internal parts is that you have parts of you that are triggered by things. And when I'm triggered in unworthiness, I'm a striver. And so I'm a perfectionist. And so that's the same thing that comes up for me where I focus on, hey, okay. look at all this, all this success I have in business. So if I'm inadequate in this other area, this is why. But it's so interesting because. That fear of judgment happens in content. It happens in business. It happens in all of these things. And that's, I, the fear of judgment is what keeps us from doing new things. It keeps right. us from, I remember on your podcast, we talked about how I finally posted a skit video after talking about it for like a year. Like a year ago, I approached you being like, I want to do skits about sales. Like I'm funny. And finally doing that because it was that fear of like, what if I post this new format and people hate it? Uh, plot twist, they actually- loved it and it's something to integrate but that's where I think too inside of your business you have a point where you need to test and find your formula and your formula needs to be you and once you master that formula it's actually time to start figuring out how to do less and I would love for you to talk about like the do less club
1: yes absolutely so Okay, let me, let me respond to what you said first, because my brain's just exploding and need to like word vomit on you. <laughs> you get it, you get it. So I, I think the thing here is like, how can you lean into your feminine? If like, you're so stuck in, I'm going to be bigger, smarter, faster, stronger, physically, mentally, all of it. I'm going to keep up with the boys in quotes. Then like, where's the rest and relaxation? Where's the rest and digest? And like that really feminine, like whimsical creativity, because that's really where I've had to focus in the last year and a half since burnout to really come back. And I don't even think that I'm like fully healed because I'm really just unlearning and peeling back my own onion of bad habits and perfectionism and people pleasing and masking and all of these things, which brings me to do less club, which is what I created when I was so stinking burnt out. I had launched my signature program exactly by the book, exactly how I thought I was supposed to. And I hit a point where I was like, okay, I, and this was right after you took my program. Um, I was like, I can't launch this again. It gives me such an ick. And we talked me, like, about it I know we did talk about it right when this was all happening I was like it just and you were like just it's so good like market a, market it as a um
0: I was like do it as a course as a, it. yeah yeah. and I was like I can't you're like <laughs> no you were That's like so "I'm and I'm over here like this shit's good it's fire like why aren't we using it like the marketing yeah. I know like let's go
1: but that's exactly why I created this program because we all need that push to get out of our own way oh my god so I basically created a program that was my easiest yes exactly what I wish I had as a creator um do less club is for seasoned creators whether you are a service provider, or an influencer, or even a network marketer, you have been around the block, you know how to create reels, I'm not going to teach you how to create reels, we're diving into the nitty gritty of really pulling back all of those layers. And I'm asking you the hard questions, and then forcing you to answer in a group setting. It's a very mastermind-esque with creators that have, you know, 500 to 200k all in the same room who can relate about the fact that your family doesn't get it, or trolls are hitting at this point, or you're in a flop era with your views, or I don't know why this didn't hit. So I've really created this space where, you know, we can come in and say, okay, drop your handle. Let's all stock it. Let's give you that hindsight twenty Let's get you out of your own way so that you can spend less time thinking about all of this stuff, less time spiraling, and more time actually Blinders on working towards your singular one goal because social media is so, yeah, one. It's so easy to spin your wheels. And that was the exact thing that I was like, nope, we're not doing that anymore. We're not, we're not doing that. So it's an eight week program. But after those eight weeks is up, after you go through the curriculum and you have eight weeks of so many chances to talk live with the group. I do offer a membership after that. And it's just been like an amazing, it's been an amazing healing journey for myself. And I have so many people that just, you know, look forward to these meetings every week. And it's, it's my favorite thing. It's my favorite part of the week.
0: That's a good thing. I'll never forget getting on our first call and like seeing such the diversity in the room, but specifically Taylor, who was on how to build a sex room, me being like, being like I like I watched this woman on Netflix and then being in the same room but also like not trying to fangirl because nobody wants that experience that's something that's very unique about you where you do bring in a gambit of people and when it comes to being a content creator like if you are building a business on the internet you are creating content you are a content creator I have never vibed with the argument that I'm just a coach like You're not just a coach. You're a content creator. You're the influencer
1: of your own business. Your personality matters. Putting your personality out there, you can't get away. You can't sell without seeing who you are as a human being. We buy from personalities, not from lists of key points.
0: Literally. I will never forget like hitting my first hundred K in sales. And then like looking through my instagram feed and it being like pictures i was sending on snapchat during covid like me holding up right. i'm sober now but me holding up alcohol like bad selfies from this view and i that's what i think a lot of people forget about this but there is a point in your business where truly like you got to let time do its thing you got to let it compound and there's only so much you can do like right now in this season of business i'm only focusing on if i can get three things done every single day that's literally 15 tasks a week. Here's my math brain. That's 60 tasks a month. Here's my math brain. (laughs) But it's also like that cumulative effect of time, because after you figure out your formula, it is really do less. Mm -hmm. It is really like resting in the repetitive.
1: It's by the book at that point. And if you can document instead of create all the time, if you can just let your life be your content and go from there. And like, I don't care if it's you know, a weird thought that you had while you were, you know, on a podcast interview. I literally have jotted down like multiple things that you have said that I'm like, we need to, I need to talk about this on my feed, but let it be that simple, right? Go to your notes app, write it out in a two slide thing, screenshot it and post it on your Instagram. Who cares? Cause I can, I can guarantee you, you care more than anyone else, anyone else about the format, about That one little thing that you added into the end, the one word, the little hair out of place, no one cares.
0: No one's going to judge you as hard as you judge yourself. And that's something once you realize that you can approach from a lens of self-compassion, which is really powerful as a business owner because you're going to need self-compassion. You're going to like, you're going to fuck up. There are going to be launches that don't go well. You're going to say something like that is being human. We are human. We're not perfect little robots. But the other piece is, is, that when you remove this, like, I need to be perfect. This was something we experienced with the launch of threads. Like I crushed it at threads because it was just literally intrusive thoughts. That's all I was yeah. posting. And everybody yeah. was like, I love you. And I'm like, I got more coming.
1: But on the note of intrusive thoughts, like who says that can't be content? Like everything oh, is, is content, content, right? So make your intrusive thoughts your content. Let it be.
0: Make you it easy. To, you
1: talk to all of your clients about that. They would relate to that. Use their own voice. Show them how much, how much you relate to everything that's happening in their heads. Talk about like an ADHD hit. No wonder I attract ADHDers.
0: You're like, hi. I only have four spoons today, and half of them are my intrusive thoughts.
1: Yeah, don't at me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, I could talk to you indefinitely, forever. But to wrap this up, tell me more about how they can get started in the Do Less Club, and where can they find you?
1: Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at the Harley Jordan or on my podcast brand meet creator. And I actually had Megan on um, in an episode that will launch this week right now. So August twenty August 30th. So it will be out by the time you're listening to it to us. It was a great episode on sales psychology. So come, come hang out if you are interested in do less club and getting into my sphere of, lovely creators, um, I will give you a link that you can put down in the show notes or you even coming out and we can chat on Instagram.
0: Exactly. And if you loved me and Harley, stay tuned because we have something important coming as well. <laughs> Thanks for being on the pod, Harley.